Good Monday, Cougar Nation. Coming off our bi-week break, welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building for another edition of The Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show, we will chat with BYU's special teams and defensive coordinators, Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki, as we get an almost halfway status report and look ahead to this weekend's trip to Tampa as the Cougs face South Florida. As usual, we invite you to submit your questions for the coaches. Just use the hashtag CCBYU. We'll take some social media questions a little later on in the broadcast. We begin today's show by bringing in BYU's special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. Coach Lamb, good morning. Morning, Greg. Well, uh, BYU's last game is already nine days in the past, an eternity, it seems like, in the coaching world. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on the Toledo game, but touch on it briefly here at the start. Um, and again, that game is far back for you already. Like, you're already so far ahead, aren't you? Um, in some ways, yes. It's you know we we have to marinate in in a loss, and so that uh, you know I think we're still talking about ways that we we should have been better, ways that we need to get better, things that we learned from that game, and you know we didn't. It's not a week off for the coaches or the players. We we have a lot of work to do, and we did that last week, and we will continue to do that this week, all through the lens of all the games we've played, including Toledo. That Toledo game was a game BYU trails early, but then gets in front 14-3. to Led at halftime, led after three quarters. Those are usually pretty good indicators for BYU, but the game got away late. It did. It did. The, uh, you know, we did not play acceptable uh, defense or, or offense there in, late in the game, and, um, and it, it cost us in the end. The, the turnover um, obviously was the, you know, the, the play that everybody will point to uh, most likely, but really we had, we had uh, a lot of unacceptable results on defense as, as well. That last minute of the game really included uh, the most dramatic of swings. It's a tie game. You get a takeaway. Then immediately it's, it's a giveaway. And on that play, the starting quarterback uh, gets lost for a while trying to make a tackle on that, on that play. Yeah, I credit him for not, not giving up and going to make the, uh, the tackle. And actually, on the, after the tackle, we had to kind of make a quick decision about whether we were going to uh, we never want to call it giving up a score, but but basically blitz 11 guys and make sure that our offense had a chance to to get out on the field. If we did give up a score, we wanted it to happen quickly. Um, and uh, Zach, you know, Zach made an effort to get over there and, and make a tackle. That's the competitor that he is. And if he's going to go out with an injury, that I guess that'd be the play you'd want to go out on. You mentioned there was a discussion too in the booth. What you know, what uh, what will be what you want to do here? Because there's always that thought about at least you give yourself some time if they do score. If, if a score might, you know. You could, of course, you know, hold to an inevitable field goal try, but even then, the time is an issue at that point. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the few times where you really surrender the game. Or it, what we chose to do was just get so aggressive that we were either going to give up a score or create several tackles Something. for loss in a row. Gotcha. So uh, let's get right to that quarterback situation then a bit as you wear your assistant head coach hat here for a second. Just like last season, BYU changes a starter in mid-October. Last year it was tactical. Um, this year it's due to injury. Either way, it's a signal caller shift uh, right in midstream. In 2018, you move from Mangum to Wilson, and it's kind of a con contrast in skill set a little bit. You lead to a bit of a philosophy shift. This year, well, just how different is really Jaron Hall from Zach Wilson in terms of what you want to get done as a team offensively, do you think? Oh, I think there are a lot, of, probably a lot more similarities than, than the switch that happened last year. But I, I do think that uh, Zach and Jaron are not the same player, and that, that would be a mistake for any defense to to uh, think that. It would be a mistake for our coaching staff to just try and plug uh, Jaron in. I think during a game, often that's what you have to do. But but in this situation, we've had 
a lot of days, uh, extra days to prepare with the bye week, and I think you'll see, uh, uh, you know, not a not a dramatic departure from what we've always done on offense, but certainly it'll have uh, it'll have a, more of a flavor of what Jaron's strengths are. Zach was having a nice year. We see some of uh, Zach's numbers uh, up on the screen. And, uh, you know, his, his best work was probably a, a ahead of him, I think, as he was hopefully hopefully going to get into a bit of a midseason groove here. And now the question is, how long is he out? Um, do you have any sense at all, or does the staff have any sense right now in, in terms of uh, short versus long term this year? I really don't know. My wife asked me the same question. You know, I, I don't, people are always surprised, but it's this is really up to him and the doctors and if you've, if you've had an injury like that, I mean, my daughter went through a, a broken uh, leg this, this summer, you know, and it was just uh, constant uh, setbacks. We expected her back at a certain time, and I never could figure out when she was going to come back and play her soccer. I think all of our injur- injuries are, are similar. Yeah. Okay, so with Jaron Hall, you mentioned uh, that he not, he's not the same guy as Zach. Where is he different in, in, a, in a positive way? Well, uh, one, one thing that Jaron uh, does um, – he, he really gets the ball out uh, quickly. You know, it just just things happen very quickly in in the offense. Uh, Zach, I think um, you know Zach was a, a little bit more, um, maybe you know, was it, while he was in the pocket, would keep his eyes downfield, move, create some extra time, and that that really puts some strain on defenses. Jaron can do that too, but I think Jaron's also part of part of being a, a backup is you want to come in and execute the offense really at a high level and, and not take a lot of chances a lot of risks and so Jaron Jaron seems to you know get the ball out really quickly at least he has in these in this first week of preparation so he'll want to execute it quickly but there's also going to be that instinct that he has to uh, get out and make a play for himself if he doesn't see something right away he right does. yeah c- extend the play that's the language we use you know when we talk about it and and certainly Zach that was that's one of Zach's real strengths he extends the play puts tremendous player pressure on the defense Jaron can do that as well but uh, you know there's also some value to just getting the ball out quickly uh, to the intended target reading reading the defense quickly and making quick decisions so it'll be his first career start it'll come this Saturday against South Florida more on the Bulls a little later little later on in the show another carryover from the Toledo game was the in-game change in place kickers for you uh, a couple of field goal misses from Jake Oldroyd Skylar Southam handled PATs at least the rest of the way uh, we got word Jake wasn't feeling well that day how did that day kind of progress for him and you yeah that's the first indication we had he, he hadn't been feeling very well but neither had Skylar they both you know they're roommates on the road and they both had come down with some sort of illness that mm. uh, was but they but they kicked well in the pregame they both felt and and their reports were that they felt good about the game and so we didn't make a change going in but and you know it turned out it just wasn't Jake's day I mean he hit the upright and and I guess small change and that one would have been through and maybe maybe we're not talking about all this and the game would have been different but uh, you know the kickers understand they're like every other player on the team they, they've got to produce every day and, and we have great confidence in Jake going forward but we do it with Skyler as well and when a change needed to be made we, we need we made it. Uh, because of Jake's proficiency and his range, whenever BYU gets to the 35, you can sort of expect some kind of points. At Toledo, of the eight drives that got either at or inside the 35 at some point, only three ended with points. And so you score only 21 off almost 500 yards of offense. It was a day where a lot of good things happened, but that finishing touch was kind of lacking. That's, it sure was. And, and the, the missed kicks really hurt us, at, you know, in terms of offensive production. And it's also a, it's a real momentum swing when a team misses a field goal, and that, that happened to us twice. After but a long it, drive in particular. After a long drive. Yeah. And it was even longer than the drive would indicate. I think we took a sack on a third down, which, which made a, a shorter field goal into a little longer field goal. And... Those are just, uh, you know, when the offense comes off the field, it's a completely different feeling from uh, executing and finishing a drive with at least a field goal. 
I think BYU's had uh, nine drives this year of double-digit plays, 10 plays or more, and none have yet to end in a touchdown. And, of course, that's the antithesis of how you want to end a long drive. It just hasn't happened yet for you yeah, guys. That's, that's a remarkable stat, and I'm sure our offensive coaches are working on reasons for that. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, this it's we're, we're almost halfway through the season, but I think sometimes trends trends can be just a result of not having enough games. You know, you don't uh, in the NBA, you don't really start looking at trends after five games of, of basketball. You know, like football, there's not as many games, mm-hmm. and so we have to we have to look at the trends that we have. But it, it may not be a function of anything uh, strategic or systematic. It may, it may be just at this point that we've got to get better in the things that we already do. And really, it was only until it was really at Toledo where where points weren't coming at the end of long drives on those on those missed field goals. Usually. Jake's been able to give you something at the end of a long drive, at least. To put the capper on the most recent game, let's uh, identify and recognize some players of the game on uh, special teams and on offense. Uh, we'll let, you, uh, we'll te- let Coach Tuiaki take care of defense later on. But for special teams for you, uh, it was an entire group of guys. Yeah, the punt return uh, unit, uh, it, it's hard to recognize one guy without all of them. Sometimes you do that just by naming the punt returner as the, as the player of the game. And, uh, and uh, Leva Hifo certainly would have deserved it. There's a great look at it right here. Great holdup, number one. He was able to catch the ball cleanly. And then uh, just guys you can see still have four lead blockers out there in front after about a 40-yard return. Some nice techniques there. This is um, you know, Coach A.J. Stewart actually runs our, our punt return unit. He's, he coaches it from scheme to technique to, to the daily handling of it. It's done a great job, and it's showing up, uh, showing up more than once. We're having a nice return game. Punt returns are harder to get generally in the game these days. Uh, I think Aleva had one punt return for zero yards coming into Toledo. He has two for 70 on that day, the 45-yard. Then the 25-yarder, 25-yarder we didn't see was perhaps even more impressive because you, if you freeze that, you're going to see four guys around him at the start of the return. He takes it off a hop, too. It's really remarkable. It, it is, yeah, and he'll, he'll have to make decisions now that he's you know, ranked as a punt returner. Yeah. Some of those guys, when they start to get ranked, they don't want to take those chances of having hmm. a zero-yard return or a one-yard return. But, um, yeah, that was another fantastic play that he made, really athletic play. And then you see the, the, uh, the return guys, they really worked and got out in front of him and, and made a good uh, missed tackle into a, a big gain. And since we're already talking about Aleva, Coach Grimes selected him as the offensive player of the game at Toledo as well. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's a, he has had a, a tremendous impact on our team, and um, he's uh, brings a lot of dynamic ability. He's, he, he carries the ball on the fly sweep. We've lined him up in the backfield and handed the ball off to him. He obviously, catches the ball in, in from the slot position and the outside receiver. But the, you know, what what should have been really a game opening play, a game breaking play there, his 75 yard touchdown reception. Yeah. That was a huge play in the game. And the fact that we didn't hold up enough on defense or didn't score again on offense or, you know, none, none of that should take away from uh, an amazing play that uh, you know, the offense made there and a level was on the receiving end. Aleva is BYU's leader in all-purpose yardage as we near the halfway point. Time for a break and a reminder now about BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Watch it Tuesdays at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Then Wednesday, this week, we're on at a special time, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. More with special teams coordinator Ed Lamb coming up next. You're in the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more right after this. 25, 20, 15, 10, inside the 10, 5, touchdown! Emmanuel Asupa from 32 yards! We are back in the coordinator's corner with BYU special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. And with uh, BYU coming off a bye week and with Saturday's game at South Florida giving us kind of BYU's midway point of the season now, let's uh, use this second segment of the show 
to get a sort of status report to Coach Lamb on the special teams and maybe start with uh, positions or areas that have impressed you most through five games. Uh, so far, I've been really pleased with the return games. This, this past offseason, I fired myself from the return games, <laughs> and uh, Elisa Tuiaki is doing the, the kickoff return, and, and uh, uh, A.J. Stewart's doing the punt return. And, and one of the things that happens when they've, they've both done a tremendous job, but one of the things that happens when, it, when a guy takes a little more ownership in a, in, a, in a relatively smaller part of the game is they really look at every aspect. And so what we've been uh, with both our punt return game and our kickoff return game is very choosy about which kicks we decide to return. And so what it's led to is a, we've had good ball security. We haven't given up a lot of penalties. We haven't pinned ourselves deep, but we've made great decisions about uh, when and where to catch the football and when to return it. And so the stats are really showing up. And then We've had really three uh, breakthrough plays, one big kickoff return, two big punt returns, and so hopefully we can keep that going throughout the season. Kickoff, kickoff coverage at BYU has always been uh, really solid, continues to be this year. We've got a great kicker, too, that puts some hang time under it, and uh, we've outkicked our coverage twice in the punt game, and so our punt coverage is an area that needs dramatic improvement. Mm. Um, thought we got better this last game, and then I think the, the, another, another way where we can really get much better in those, in those four main phases is when we will attempt to pin our opponent deep. We got, we got Toledo pinned on the one-yard line once, but I think we can do even better than not, not than that play, but better than we have been overall. And then also in our punt return game, when to try to bait the, uh, bait the coverage into allowing the ball to go into the end zone. I think a couple of times we've fielded the ball a little too tight down into our own end. Uh, what, was Aleva's second return one of those times? Uh, that, that, that he actually <laughs> it, it was there's there's risk reward and that that's the decision that you know sometimes I think you know when you're just talking football or as a fan or whatever it's or you hear a, an announcer sound TV well you put your heels on the 10 yard line and you never back up and well that that that's one rule but that's how you give up you know field position where you get pinned on the one yard line sometimes if, if the hang time is sufficient you know sometimes you want your punt returner to mm-hmm. secure it on the six rather than giving them an easy um, easy opportunity to, to secure the ball on the one against you so there's just it's it's just continuing to train the punt returner about angles it's really geometry the angle of the punt the trajectory of the punt the hang time of the punt where it's going to land making great decisions on that and and yeah there's there's a risk reward as well and ultimately there's a there's a a level of trustworthiness you have to have in your guy that hey he's going to make the catch that he's reliable that way more than anything else exactly yeah trust trustworthiness and if anyone's ever tried to do that um you know to to judge exactly where you're out on the field and that's that's where the old you know rule comes from put your heels on the 10 and never back up because it's it's difficult to do but you see uh, if you watch the game closely there are big plays made by guys sacrificing a little space back mm-hmm. there, and then there are, are plays that backfire as well. You talk about coaches at uh, Tuiaki and Stewart taking some uh, return uh, game responsibilities. What Are you handling everything else for the most part overseeing right now in terms of special teams? Uh, we, so uh, Eric Mateos, our offensive line coach, he handles the field goal, the PAT and field goal unit. Uh, e, uh, Tuiaki handles the kickoff return. A.J. Stewart handles the, the punt return. So I'm, I'm really the coverage unit guy, and then okay. we haven't seen them yet, but onside kick and hands as well. And then, uh, you know, as the, as the overall special teams coordinator, I'm making sure that we, we don't have, for example, an offensive or defensive starter that's playing 35 more snaps of special teams a game. And so there's a little bit of just oversight from that perspective. And you're also dabbling in offense with the scrum formation, too. <laughs> yeah, dabbling in offense with the scrum formation, yep. yeah. Okay, uh, we referenced the in-game kicking change you made at uh, Toledo in our last segment, and you've always maintained uh, that positions are kind of temporary, really, uh, whether it's during a training camp, uh, during a week of practice, or even maybe series to series in a game. That's right, and Jake Jake understands that better than anyone. You know, he's, 
his first kick of college football was came in that situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, he just we, the the previous the guy that was starting, Red Almond, had made a field goal and all of his PATs, but they just weren't flying correctly. They were kind of barely going in the uprights on a short field goal, and so he made a change and he delivered. And uh, Rhett, Rhett may have too. You know, I have confidence that he would have, but felt like Jake was gave us the best opportunity in that moment. And then this last game, it felt like Skyler would have given us a better opportunity down the stretch to hit a field goal. So you've used multiple place kickers. You've used multiple punters. Everyone's getting a look here this year. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's again, it's just like any other position on the team. It's important that uh, every guy have the opportunity to compete. It's, it's never about the one guy that's being taken out of the game. It's about the other 123 guys on the team that are all fighting for every snap that they can get. The long snapper and holder almost never get talked about. Uh, but as key parts of the operational structure, what can you say about uh, Mitch Harris and Hayden Livingston and the job they've been doing this season? Yeah, Mitch. Mitch has been fantastic on the season. You know, we, we talk about effective snaps, uh, or sometimes you hear the term "100% snaps." In other words, we haven't had one go over the head or on the ground or anything like that. And Mitch, Mitch has been fantastic with that. He's a perfectionist, and there, there are times when we want the ball three to six inches in a spot that he didn't put it, and so there's always something to be coached in that area. He does a great job with coverage, and he's getting better and better as a blocker. Really, really like the job he does. And then Hayden Livingston is, uh, you know, the turned out after training camp to be the favorite of our of all of our kickers they they like the way he holds they like the his ball security the way he gets it down quickly and puts the laces away from them and he's done a great job all year too if you don't have a holdover or a veteran returning as say the holder what are the first few days like of camp or weeks to where somebody like how do you decide on holder it seems like a kind of position that's pretty specialized and not made on everybody goes you know pick me How, how does that work well, so often it, there's a it's the right kind of personality, a guy that has the skill or has the background, but then sees the opportunity. And so in in Hayden's case, he stayed all summer, and he's on he's on, he's in contact with the kickers when you're going out. And so he became their favorite guy because he was willing to work with them all summer. In addition to his weight training, the job that he's holding down, uh, the the seven on seven or the player run practices, he's going out with the kickers and, and working extra hours with them. And so he came into camp really with the upper hand. We have some other guys that can do it and do it well, but uh, it's really about a relationship of trust mm-hmm. and uh, the kick. Whoever the kickers want is usually the guy that we're going to lean toward. Holder's unique because depending on the team you're playing, uh, it could be a quarterback, it could be a punter, it's a wide receiver. In this case, it's a safety in yes. Hayden, so it can, it really could be anywhere on the team. Yeah, it sure can. This two years in a row that we've had a, a safety, you know, with Gavin. Yeah. You know, Gavin, I guess Gavin would go back further than two years. But, yeah, both, both really similar with that. Uh, see an opportunity, have a skill, and then work really hard to refine it. Uh, to your linebackers now, and that's been a group that where depth's been uh, really tested uh, week to week. A lot of guys have played here through five games. They have, and uh, and I th- and I think uh, in some cases we can get some more. Devin Kelfos has been working at the linebacker position, and I think I think he brings a lot of uh, added ability, and we could get him on the field a little bit more. The guys are are playing hard and competing hard. Uh, Tyler Algier made the move over from offense. He's been a good player for us. At the Is that going to stick? Do we think the rest of the way? Or I think so. It's always it's always up for discussion. And I think if offensively they felt like they were going to use him, then you know I, th- I think we have some other guys at linebacker. We've got a lot of guys rotating in at linebacker. We don't necessarily have to do that. We could play we could play uh, fewer guys more often if we if we needed to. What made Tyler a good pick for you there? 
Well, I think he showed up first on special teams, as a lot of guys do. Uh, you know, Micah Simon is, is one other that comes to mind where he just he was been showing up on special teams as a tackler the last couple of years. And so if we ever needed a corner, that's who we'd go begging the offensive staff for. <laughs> Not sure they could afford to give him up. But uh, Tyler was similar. He just was showing up as a tackler on special teams and a guy who just plays incredibly hard, and we thought he'd have the skill set to, to benefit. Uh, to offense, just for a, a bit of an overview, uh, Coach Grimes will address this in more detail next week when he's next on with us. But uh, everybody wants to be scoring more in college football. And uh, what would you say resonates with you and Coach Grimes as staff members in terms of what BYU might want to see pick up here and tighten up in the, in the back half of the season here? Yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, coaches are very comfortable just talking in terms of bottom line. And, and, and first it's win, and then next, is, next is, is points allowed and points scored. And I think, um, you know, right now we've got a full, we've got a full team challenge to score enough points to win. And, uh, and what I mean by that is, is defensively, we have not played acceptable defense to win the, the games that we want to win. And we have not played acceptable offense. And the special teams, too. The special teams have opportunities. We, uh, you know, we've been scored on on special teams once this year. Haven't, haven't created a score yet uh, in the return games or a blocked punt or something like that. So there, there are opportunities all over, the, all over the field or throughout the team for us. And I think the offense is no different than what we're trying to accomplish on defense or special teams. And that is to, put an out, to, to bring an outcome that's worthy of a win. Uh, third downs defensively uh, rank 74th right now conversion rate and it's exactly the same number as the offense is putting up right now both teams are at 30 both sides are at 37.7 percent sub 40 is probably acceptable I would think if not uh, it's, it's is it in the neighborhood for you what are you shooting for in terms of defensive third down conversion percentage yes yeah absolutely we're looking to get that thing as, as close or underneath 33 percent 40 percent is is oftentimes a winning effort uh, we're nowhere near where we need to be right now uh, offensively or defensively on third downs that's a and with, with where we're at on the season, that's, that's a key statistic right there pointing to our struggles. And offensively, oddly enough, uh, the third and shorts have been the toughest downs for BYU right now. The mids have been pretty successful, and third and shorts just been a bit of a struggle right now. And, and admittedly, Tyson Williams going out hurts you. I think he was probably going to be the most effective third and short guy for you this year, so we're looking for some answers there. We are, and those are, those are always it's a combination of looking at personnel, at strategy, and I know our, our offensive staff continues to work toward that. All right, as we head to break, a reminder, folks, that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it. In Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, now open in Harriman. Coming up Saturday, it is BYU at South Florida. BYU radio coverage begins with Cougar pregame live at 1.30 Eastern, the kick at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain on BYU radio and seen on the CBS Sports Network, by the way. Coming up next, your questions for special teams coordinator Ed Lamb from social media and a look ahead to USF. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more next. Yard line, he comes right, stops between the hashes, restarts, gets outside the hash, turns the corner, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, it's Toledo, 40, 35-yard line, huge return for Aleva Hifo, and the Cougs are back in business. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. That was Aleva Hifo against Toledo nine days ago, setting BYU up for some short field success that day. This Saturday, the Cougars head right back to the Eastern Time Zone to take on South Florida. The Bulls beat UConn 48-22 over the weekend while BYU was on the bye. As we visit with special teams coordinator uh, Ed Lamb, uh, your early week impressions now of uh, a USF team that has uh, struggled since opening last year, uh, 7-0 to begin the year. Yeah, yeah really athletic um, football team, experienced group of coaches, uh, 
the offensive coordinator. I've actually um, uh, known him from the past. He was uh, the head coach at Jacksonville when I was coaching at, at the University of San Diego and did a great job there. Won a Division II national title last year um, as a head coach. And uh, a head coach that's been all over the country, that really experienced coaching staff, a lot of athleticism, and a team just looking to find their stride and who they are. And I think they took a big step forward with that last week. Offense, defense, and special teams. They got a win at UConn with a redshirt freshman quarterback. They've used two starting quarterbacks. The senior got two starts, then got hurt. And the redshirt freshman has now started three, including that win on the weekend. And a little different look from each guy? Yes, yeah, a little, little bit different. Uh, the, the one that uh, played last week, he's a, a little bit more of a designed running threat. They both have athleticism and can run and, and hurt you that way. But uh, you know, it, it, some similarities to the to the team that we just faced with with Toledo, and that uh, a lot of wing personnel, a lot of RPO, mm-hmm. uh, and they seem to make a transition a little more toward that last week. So we'll see how much that remains their their main game plan. So uh, South Florida likely to start a redshirt freshman. BYU will start a redshirt freshman at quarterback. Uh, when it comes to Jaron Hall and, and the first start notion, uh, what, what 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 part of his character makeup says this will be something he can he can take care of and handle here? Yeah, every part of Jaron's character makeup. Anybody that's met him, I, I wouldn't really have to describe it. You've you've met him, you've talked to him, but uh, he's incredibly poised, charismatic. You know, I played with his dad when his dad was here in the same way. Um, a very very popular player, Jaron is as well. No matter where he's at on the depth chart, and and it's because uh, he exudes confidence in himself and in his teammates, and um, yeah, a, a very strong leader. And so yeah, we'd like to have everybody healthy, and uh, it's a shame it's a shame for Zach what he's going through, but. Tremendous confidence, Jaron. Okay, as you wrap things up with you, a couple of social media questions from Alex Sanders, first up on Twitter. He asks, is there anything you can do during the game to refocus a kicker after they've missed? Well, I think uh, different coaches might give different answers. I'm, I'm big on maintaining uh, belief and confidence in, in the guy that's in there. And so after the first miss, you know, it was, uh, hey, we believe in you, shake it off, and, and you'll, you'll make the next one. Um, I think there's always some technical um, encouragements that, that we can give. In that case, it was a good snap and a good hold and just a missed kick. And so, But we always encourage the guys to, to go over, take some snap hold kicks, get them into the net, get their groove back, and, and then, of course, we're in touch uh, over the communication system and, and see how the guys are doing. Okay. And second question from uh, at Housley D, kind of an overall general question. What is, most, what is the most important priority for the defense to work on moving forward here in these final regular season games? Yeah, we have most uh, great, great question. There's a whole list of them, and, and the most important has just got to be, um, you know, after just winning. We have to, whatever defensive output is required to win, that's got to be it. But, it. but drilling down a little bit into the focus, we have to do a better job of stopping the run. We actually improved our run defense at Toledo over some, some previous games. Our run defense from scrimmage was... Uh, less than four yards a carry, but it was the quarterback scrambles that took it from uh, a decent run performance of less than four yards a carry to over uh, the amount that is that's required to win. And so we not only have to play stout run defense with the front seven, but we've got to make sure and find a way to keep the quarterback contained. And that that has to do with some coverage as well. But but that's going to be the challenges. Overall, we've got to do a much, much better job of stopping the run. Okay. We'll see how things start out uh, this Saturday at South Florida. Coach, thanks for your time.
Thank you. Okay, we'll see you in a couple weeks. BYU TV takes you up to kickoff of BYU and South Florida this Saturday from Raymond James Stadium. Watch Countdown to Kickoff Saturday at 2.30 Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. The game on CBS Sports Network and BYU Radio. And BYU TV comes back for postgame coverage afterwards. Coming up next, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki joining us in the coordinator's corner live from Studio C on BYU TV. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We start our second half hour of today's show by welcoming back BYU's defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, Eliza Tuiaki. Coach, good morning to you. Thanks for having me back. So we had our bye week break last week. Didn't really do a real Toledo breakdown, so we'll touch on it briefly here today. Uh, defensively, uh, kind of a tale of two halves kind of game, right? Uh, Toledo hit halftime with three points. They end the game with 28. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought they came back and, uh, and uh, you know, basically – committed to, to running the ball and and uh we got a little soft in the run just a little bit in the third quarter but they just they just out executed and and uh, what really hurt us when i'm talking about running is their, their quarterback run game we let them get out of the pocket and the scrambles kept them alive in, in several situations and and uh i mean those those end up costing you a couple points but you know now obviously the last touchdown was was after that pick where it was almost like you wanted them to score as we get a little bit of a little bit of time back with mm -hmm. uh, when we get the ball back but uh um, you know, holding a team and an offense uh, that that well to 21 points, I think, is okay. We gave up two touchdowns and they went for two on one and then and end up field goals. But we just obviously just wasn't good enough that day, and we've got to be better as a defense to to get some team wins. Toledo was one of the country's best rushing teams coming into your game in the first half. Only 64 yards on 22 carries. You did really well rush defense. They end up with a, with 242 ran more in the second half. You said they dedicated a little more to the run game. Quarterback was a part of it. What what did help it work a little better after halftime than, than first half? Just more focus on it and QBs? It's really, I mean, we go back and look at the stats and just kind of what they did. I mean, the what hurt us, what we felt like hurt us was uh, was uh, the QB scramble. And a couple times we had them bottled up, but just missed the tackle. And, and uh, I mean, just uh, in, in past situations where, they ended up running. It was really where, where we were where we were hurt, and so um, thought that their game plan was really good. They stuck to it. They ended up running the ball about 56 times, and mm -hmm. and uh, when you're doing that as an offense and, and just controlling it, then you know good things will happen for you. And, and uh, I thought I thought that they had a really good game plan. Just did a good job, but uh, you know we let the let the ball get out a couple times and miss a couple tackles and just some shape of the defense type things, but. Uh, um, you know those those type of things can't happen if you're gonna if you're gonna end up holding a good rush team to to fewer than 100 or just a little bit over 100. It was the rare game in which BYU loses despite getting multiple takeaways. Uh, you guys end up plus two in the margin and and still end up dropping the game. Chaz, all you get that late strip in a tie ball game. You got to feel, feel like you're going to go OT at worst there, right? Yeah, I thought I thought we were going to you know drive it down. All we needed was a field goal and and uh, we were within range and. You know, obviously it, ended, it didn't end up happening that way, but that was just a big-time play by Chaz. Chaz did a really good job, and, um, you know, with the, they ended up uh, running it for a first down, broke, broke for first down, and could have bled the clock a little bit more, but the fact that he ended up taking away was huge, and, and uh, you know, that was just a heady play by him. Uh, what's Chaz going to be for you long-term, do you think? He's playing outside linebacker right now. Uh, the question, I guess, early was safety linebacker. Is he a linebacker to stay, do we think? I, I think he's I think he's linebacker. I think he's, he's in a spot. He's playing exactly where Fred played, which is kind of a hybrid safety backer. Um, has, has been doing a good job just as his development there, and he's going to be a really good player. 
Okay. Uh, Zach Wilson's last-minute interception precipitates his hand injury, so he's on the shelf now, and, and Jaron Hall's the guy at quarterback. What is a defensive coach's perspective on what Jaron Hall does well for BYU? You know, he can run, and, that's, uh, and it wasn't that Zach couldn't run, but uh, I think, uh, think Jaron's a little bit more dynamic when you're a defensive coach having to having bottle up a quarterback, obviously, that can run. We, we faced that type last week, and we're going to face that type this week. And, mm-hmm. and it's always, uh, always good. It just adds more dimensions to the game when you're talking about trying to bottle somebody up that can run. Okay. And uh, Jaron Hall is someone that has uh, he's thrown a ball once or twice already this year. Uh, he's had some runs, designed runs on, on flat. So he's already gotten reps. This won't be his first action this year by any stretch. Yeah, yeah. We've seen him all through fall camp. I think he does a good job. I think he's a guy that loves football. And obviously he was behind. He was backing up a really good quarterback. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that the moment's going to be too big for him, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing him play. And he got into a few games last year, too, as well. Uh, it seems right as the defense began to heal up a little bit, and I'm sure that bye week helped with that. The offense gets bit by the injury bug. You go Tyson one week and then Zach the next week. Um, whatever your best laid plans, it seems, in football these days, don't necessarily count on them because football's going to beat you up, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the nature of the game is, is you, you never know. You, know you, you have to attribute to, uh, some of your success to luck as far as just keeping guys healthy. I mean, it's, just, it's a physical sport. It's a sport where there's a lot of guys that end up going down. And some years you can end up coming out you know, looking pretty good. And some years you end up looking pretty bad as far as just the keeping guys healthy. And so um, it's, it's just rather unfortunate that we've lost a couple of those guys that are big playmakers on offense. And, um, you know, but by week, hopefully we get, get guys back and get guys a little bit, uh, you know, healthier. Was it, was it good for you defensively that way? Are you a little better? I, I, think it, I think it was. I think it was on both sides. You know, there's, there's guys that are kind of – there's never really anybody that's, that's playing 100%. Everybody's kind of nicked and banged and bruised. And, and so those type of bye weeks are really, are really good to get those guys back and, and just kind of uh, push the reset button and start over and just say, okay, here we go. New, new week, new game plan. Put that one behind us and, and be ready to roll. Okay, the game was nine days ago now, but we have a defensive player of the game from the Toledo contest, and you chose uh, a guy that's been on both sides of the ball uh, during his BOU career, J.J. Nwigwe. Yeah, I thought, thought J.J. played uh, the best ball that he's played. I mean, he, you know, obviously he's been on the other side of the ball playing offensive line, played a little bit of uh, tight end. Uh, coming to us uh, in the spring, just this, his development from day one all the way to now has been really, really good, but I thought he had his best game as a Cougar, at least from our vantage point on defense, he did a really good job. Was stout, made made a couple tackles, and and just played really really good. And he seems like uh, a good locker room guy as well, like a fun guy to be around and a great teammate. He's he's a he's a really fun guy <laughs> to be around. He's uh, um, you know it, one of the games which was it uh, it was the USC game. You know we come off to the sideline and and we're talking and I'm look you know looking all the guys in, in in the eyes and and trying to get some feedback just as far as how how things are going. And JJ's JJ's playing. He's he's got a couple snaps and and uh, he's just kind of staring at me blankly. And uh, you know so I get on the mic and I'm talking to to one of our assistants. I was like, I just I don't know if this guy's in it or not or if he's and uh, we, we we watched the film on on the, you know the the on USC and we're just like this kid actually played really well and played hard. Um, and so now it's kind of a joke now in the D line room is whenever you know I ask him anything it's just kind of like yes sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and that's just JJ. But he's he's fun to be around, and and he's a he's a great teammate, great kid. And I I know the boys in the, in our room and on the defense love him. All right, kudos to JJ and Wigway. Then time for a break. When we come back, Coach Tuiaki on his uh, defensive midterms, if you will, and a look at the defensive line as the coordinators' corner continues right here on BYU TV. Here's Studio C. To you in part by JCW's The Burger Boys. Oh, yeah. 
Bailey's Moving and Storage. More than just a move. Siegfried and Jensen, serving Utah families for over 25 years. We are back on the coordinator's corner as we visit with BYU's defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, Elisa Tuiaki. And with the BYU coming off a bye after five straight weeks of play, good time to check in on the BYUD and uh, we'll get your thoughts, Coach E, on, uh, on what's been going well and where you'd like to see some things go better here in the back half. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, just after the bye week and looking back at things, I think the, uh, the bright, the bright uh, spot to just the defense and just kind of the team is the commitment of the boys. I think that the boys are excited and ready to, to move forward to the next challenge um, against South Florida and, and uh, you know, the, the feeling in the locker room and um, has been good. I think that they put that, put that loss behind them and is ready to, ready to move along. And we know that we've got a lot of games ahead of us and we can still, still make this a good season as far as just the amount of games that we have left and the, and the opponents that we have. And so we've got we've to show up this week against South Florida. And, um, things that we're trying to improve really has just been, um, you know, consistency, um, playing, playing assignment sound football and, and kind of ramping things up a little bit as far as just demand out of the players. Okay. Uh, rush defense, since you've been here at BYU, it's been a real strength. Um, this season's rush numbers, a little off from where they've been. Um, let's take a look at how those numbers and maybe some others compare to where BYU was through five games last season. And, again, some of this – has to be partially, you know, somewhat a function of... It's been a tough schedule. I mean, it's still a top 15 schedule right now for BYU that you've played to this point. Again, this is through five games this year, through five games last year, and you see the rush numbers off from where they've been. What's been to me the most, uh, the most common denominator with, uh, with Rush D through five games for you? You know, I think uh, part, it's, it's always a little bit of everything. You know, it's uh, playing good opponents, playing good, good O-lines, good... Uh, coordinators that are committed to running the ball, but also been a little bit of a function of just uh, maybe maybe some youth um, and uh, just the way that, that games have been going as far as just um, maybe being behind or being close and, and uh, de- uh, opponents sticking to the run. Um, missed tackles. We've had more missed tackles this year than we have in the past. And so I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, and those are the things that we've got to shore up, uh, as we talked about in the bye week, is just being better, uh, being better at stopping the run. I think that that's what this game's going to be. You know, uh, interestingly enough, South Florida was different this game more than they were in the in, in the other previous ones, where they they ran the ball 40, 40 something times and only threw it, uh, you know, twenty something times. And so I think that they've uh, changed the way that they played. I think it's going to be a lot like the game that we just played this last game. Um, where we've got to stop the run and we've got to contain the quarterback. The one area in which BYU has been excelling defensively is creating takeaways. Uh, positive turnover margin is largely a reflection of your defense, a particular linebacking core. Uh, linebackers have made a bunch of plays for you right now, but I think you forced, uh, you've forced you've got nine takeaways through through five games, almost two a game. You want to be at least two a game or three? Is what your number's been? Always aiming for three. Yeah. That's that's a really lofty goal, but I mean, two, 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 two. I think is a good spot, but uh, I mean, we take six if we can. You know? <laughs> and so, it's uh, <clears throat> you know, th- th- that group, um, as young as they are, I, th- I think that we've got a lot of headsy players in that in that uh, position group. A lot of backers that are just really intelligent uh, football players that know how to how to get the ball out in in uh, stripping it. Know how to. Um, bait quarterbacks as far as just certain things that they're doing and, and coverage, and so they've been doing a really good job all year. Your defensive three and out rate is down off of, of previous years a bit, and, and getting off the field defensively has kind of been a challenge uh, so far, hasn't it for you guys? It, it has been, you know, and it's uh, you know you always you always try to um, you know stop offenses on first and second down just to create third and long so you can 
you can uh, uh, be a little bit more aggressive as far as what you're calling and, and things that you're doing. But uh, we've got to be better in first and second and control down defense is what we call it. And we've got to put ourselves in position to get off the field. And a couple of times we've, we've been in position to get off the field on third longs and, and we just didn't with penalties and um, you know, maybe broken coverages or not tight enough coverage or not good enough pass rush. And so a combination of those things makes uh, it needs to, needs to come together in order for us to be better. And the offensive coaches will also say it's, it's, it's that side of the ball too. I mean, the, the offense needs to put maybe together you know, longer drives, stay on the field themselves to more take a little heat off of you guys. It's a joint effort. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's always a team thing. It's always a team thing. But there's things that they can do uh, offensively that will help them on their side of the ball. And it always kind of trinkles over and we benefit from it as well. And it's the same thing on our side. There's there are things when we're when we're playing better and we're getting off the field and we're getting takeaways and often certainly um, benefits off of that and and uh, we've we've got to be better playing team ball uh, moving forward. A lot of guys have seen snaps on your defensive line. Uh, what in particular have you liked most about the performance up front from your guys? Uh, the effort's been really good. I think that um, um, going deep into your into your uh, um, depth chart with your D line and you've gone really, deep. We have gone deep. Yeah. And it, it really promotes just keeping those guys healthy the whole year. You know, a lot of times um, in the past, when you st- when I, as, as what I've seen, you start to use, um, you know, your starters per se just just uh, all the time. And they're playing a lot of snaps. You're seeing, seeing bad technique. Um, and you're seeing just injuries, nicks and bruises, because that's such a physical position. And, and uh, it's really tough for those guys to stay healthy the whole year. And so... In order for us to just keep them healthy and just keep them playing hard and, and uh, keep them playing with high effort, we've got to make sure that we cycle through. The good thing is that we have the depth. I think that we've got a lot of good players that'll that'll uh, contribute, and some guys will contribute better on in certain downs than others. Uh, we've got kind of the run stoppers, the kind of the catch-all type guys, and we've got the pass rushers, and we've got to just use them. Uh, We've got to all use them, make sure that everybody has a role. I, I think it also helps in just keeping them all involved and mm-hmm. and uh, engaged, know, engaged, yeah, and, yeah. Just, and just and uh, just ready to ready to contribute. Before the break, uh, what did the bye week allow you to do as a coordinator when it came to kind of uh, game planning for the rest of the year here, based on what you've seen? Really looking looking at uh, some of our um, some of our faults and and uh, trying to put our finger on okay, um, is is this is this statistic as bad as it seems? Is it are there other things that contribute to it? And you know, sometimes it's it uh, takes you on a on a goose chase a little bit farther. down the rabbit hole yeah, a little you bit. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> some sometimes it's uh, it's good, but I think it's it's good to reevaluate, kind of look at yourself. And and uh, Kalani's been great, you know, coming in and kind of giving us some input as far as what he sees and and what he'd like to see. And and uh, and uh, I, th- I think moving forward, it'll be good for us. Okay, time again for our final break. And as we step away. We remind you that for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play tune-in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time. Coming up on our final segment of this week's show, Coach Tuiaki previews this weekend's trip to Tampa. We take a question or two from Cougar Nation social media using hashtag BYU. Back with more after this. Chris Lobos in the gun. He claps the hands, takes a chest high snap. He will throw quickly. Battled up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. One of the defensive highlights of the year for BYU. The Cougs now 2-3 and three on the year, coming off their first of two bye weeks with a Saturday showdown at South Florida this weekend. The Bulls, like BYU, 2-3 and three on the season. USF won this past weekend at UConn, extending the Huskies' FBS 
losing skid to 20 consecutive games. USF, by winning, uh, snapped their own FBS losing skid at nine straight losses. Final segment of today's show, we chat with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Uh, USF uh, has some issues on offense. Uh, one of them is protecting the quarterback, and we'll get to that in a second. But in terms of quarterbacks, they've used two starters. The senior's gone two games, and the redshirt freshman's gone three so far this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- this last game, um, this last game, I thought they they changed it up. They don't look anything this last game as they as they have in the previous games, and so um, you know we've got a game plan accordingly. And so you're expecting more of more of UConn's style this weekend. I, I yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, you know going in they gave up so many sacks and and uh, put the ball in the quarterback's hand so many times and drop back pass. It just they uh, they weren't like that this last game, and so. Um, you know, we've, we've got to prepare for both styles. We've got to prepare to make sure that we've got all our um, all phases covered. So we'll see if what you just said impacts these numbers because they're second to last in sacks allowed per game and they're bottom 15 in tackles for loss per game. So the numbers say you can get after these guys. Does that maybe change your defensive approach? But then you look back at it and say, but if they're the team they were this past Saturday, maybe not so much. How do you see it? I think that, you know, for us on our side, we've got to, we've got to just do what we do and we've got to be sound and and uh, you know we've got to we've got to make sure that we're not giving up plays with uh, with uh, just broken coverage and all that stuff. And so most most of the plays that uh, you see on film with all their games this year, where they're making plays, is really looks like uh, broken coverages or missed assignments or just looks like somebody's maybe not covering something that they should have been. And so I think for us it's it's the same thing. I don't think we can really go out of our way and completely do something different. But we need to make sure that uh, we can perhaps take advantage of what, they, what they've shown uh, to give up on film as well as just be sound and make sure that we're covering everybody. BYU looking for its first ever win in the state of Florida. Uh, last thing you're thinking about is geography. But what are you thinking about then as you get your guys ready coming off of uh, back-to-back losses with that bye week following those, uh, those consecutive yeah, setbacks? It's, you know, it just happens to end up being in Florida this game. But for us, it's really just we've got to go and take care of business. We've got to get down there and... And uh, it's, a, it's a business trip all the way, and, and uh, we've got to come away with the W. And that's, I think that's important for our, our team, our fans, and, and our, our uh, morale. And it's just a very important game for us right now. We've got to make sure that we go and get this one. Okay, Twitter question for Coach Tuiaki from at CDShaw99. How can BYU be more successful at getting turnovers and getting the defense off the field? We talked about the number at nine so far through five games, which is a decent number. Um, how can you amp it up even more? I, I think there's times to uh, I think there's times to take chances, and I think there's times to uh, make sure that you're keeping the ball in front of you, and we've just got to mix it up, you know, uh, properly. But obviously, having having playmakers, having guys that are doing a good job, just uh, ball hawks and all that stuff, I and mean, that that certainly helps. And I think the more experience our 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 young team has, especially at the backer spot, the more that we'll see some of these uh, opportunities come to fruition. Okay. By the way, since you are heading to Tampa and it's Eastern Time Zone, we presume the team would leave on Thursday for that game, get acclimated yes, Friday? Yes, yes, that's correct. That's what you guys did for Toledo too, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, from at Housley D, and we gave the same question to Coach Ed Lamb. We'll give it to you as well. And he asked what the most important priority is for you for the defense to work on moving forward this season. I think Coach, Lamb took, Coach Lamb picked rush defense for his personal. Rush defense, yeah. 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 No, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, probably a little bit more specific into, into skill is uh, – you know, tackling. I think I think we've got to we've got to be, become a better, uh, more efficient tackling team, and that's uh, one of the most important skills on the defensive side of the ball. And and uh, you know, there's there's times for us to. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's times that if it if it uh, ended up being improved, um, going back and looking at these past games and 
and uh, we're a better rush defense. And so tackling is going to be a big thing for us that we've got to improve. Okay, the last 45 seconds, maybe 15 seconds on this. So much of what we're talking about is five games into a 12- or 13-game season. Does part of you say, let's see how this thing plays out, just real quick? As, as far as... In terms of what this defense really is going to be in the end. Do you have to need more time? I think, you know, I think so. Um, every, every game has, has kind of been a different game, you know, and, and uh, every story has been a different story. But uh, um, what this team is going to end up being at the end of it, um, yeah, it's certainly time, time will tell. I think that we've got some good players and some good, uh, you know, parts to just what we have going, and we've just got to continue to put it together. Okay, we'll see how it all shapes up starting with Saturday. Coach, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. It's been the Coordinator's Corner. We'll talk to you next week.